<laughs> Hello, efforts. <laughs> Hello, efforts. I am your host, Internet Keith, uh, and welcome to the Titans edition of Football and Other F Words. Can I just say that I love that our first podcast is an SB Nation affiliate, features us puffing out our chest and making ridiculous predictions <laughs> about how big we were going to blow out the Bills, and then the Titans came out and did exactly what they did on Sunday. I don't know why you're laughing. It's a great look, is what I'm saying. Mm. It's a great look. It makes makes me feel good in my heart. Um, speaking of speaking of the Titans game on Sunday, we have a tribute to our sadness that we have prepared. That uh, Aaron Zebo has prepared, I believe. Yes, I have. Let's let's listen to it. Oh, where oh where can my Titans be? The Bills took them away from me. We beat the Eagles, so we got to be good. But losing to the Bills makes me want to hurl. We were watching the game at a local bar. They hadn't gotten very far. Before on the drive, on the fourth play, the drive was stalled, the ball there laid. Taewon fumbled, not a Titans inside. The Buffalo Bills held the ball so tight. A dumpster fire, we played like ass. Nick Williams is straight fucking trash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, where, oh, where was that run, D? The Bills had success with Ivory. We beat the Jaguars, so we got to be good. But losing to the Bills makes me want to hurl. Yep. Well, as is tradition, I am joined by some hooligans. This first guy, he's missed a tackle on LaShawn McCoy a time or two. It's DJ EJ. How are you, DJ? I got him by the shoelace once. (laughs) Just the one time. This next guy, he's dropped a couple of passes in his day, but not one is quite as egregious as Nick Williams. It's Zebo. Ball's too hot, so I drop him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, oh, well, next we've got a guy who uh, who likes to sit on couches and he likes to root for Titans. It's Mr. Lebowski. How are you doing, Mr. Lebowski? Um, I don't know. I mean, you gonna be okay? It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. last guy, he was looking for a Music City miracle, but there was none to be found. It's Mike Miracles. How you doing, Mike? Not yeah, terrible. <laughs> terrible. The worst that's ever had been done. <laughs> Do, doing doing completely awful. Back to you. Uh, well, this is going to be a fun pot, everybody. I can already tell. This is everybody's in high spirits. We're all optimistic. Uh, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by an F word. And today's F word is fail, as in <laughs> I fail to prepare an F word. Oh, and again. the Titans pre- fail to, to prepare, do their job. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Let's get into the injuries that the Titans have. Uh, we had new injuries, and uh, Taylor Lewan suffered a foot injury somewhere in the first half of the Bills game. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more in depth later on. We also had Dennis Kelly, who didn't dress due to his illness that has continued to 
uh, plague him. Um, I'm not it sure. Might actually, be the plague. Actually, right. I yeah. mean, that's what I was. That's now virus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This. I mean, what? How? It's been a month. Maybe he, he he should be fine. He tried to practice and play before the Bills game, but and it would have been nice to probably have him over merits. But you know, yeah. we'll get into the game, right? Uh, also, fire. you know, as we expected, uh, Kenny Vaccaro sat out, and uh, unfortunately, also Wesley Woodyard sat out yeah. last week. Um, we're not sure if they'll go this week, but we'll find out more as we get closer to game time. So let's get into. <sighs> Let's get into the Bills game, I guess. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the biggest thing that plagued the Titans the whole day. Let's talk about turnovers. Uh, Big Mike, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so, I mean, this was really ultimately the one, the one way that the Titans could lose this game. There was no way if they played a clean game that they were going to get beat by this Bills team, which is complete trash, garbage, awful. But they turned it over three times. I mean, obviously, the, the two fumbles are just inexcusable. Like, I, I get the Bills were ripping at the ball, and they did a great job of, of ripping at the ball every time they tackled. There was even a few that, that they didn't pry out that I was afraid they were going to because, you know, you could tell that was intentional every time they went after somebody. And... um but the Titans, they knew that was they knew that coming into the game. Vrabel talked about it today. Um, you know, they knew that the Bills were coached to do that, and they worked on that and focused on that during the week. And they still let it happen. I mean, Taylor and Lewis both putting the ball on the ground, and then um, of course the interception was really on Nick Williams not crossing the face of the the slot receiver on that little arrow route, um, and you know it's just dumb stuff like that and that's that's the frustrating thing about this game that's the only way the bills were going to win and that's exactly what the titans gave them well you know it didn't help that the that we seemed to be asleep at the will and the defense just was ferocious i mean i don't know if it's from being at at home you know i i feel like if the bills if it if we had a better road uh, fan base that traveled well, maybe this would be a little bit different game, but the Bills were just so loud, and you did not see a Titans fan in the stands, and that defense just fed off of it, in in my opinion. Yeah. Well, they let them get the momentum early, too. I mean, that fumble, and then the touchdown drive, and then the fans were into it. I mean, if the Titans come out, drive down the field, and score, I think it's a totally different game. I, I think that opening fumble and... and you know, touchdown drive right after that was just the formula to let them win that game. I mean, you basically spotted them seven right off the bat, got the crowd into it. It was a perfect storm of just shit yeah. that they laid out there right away. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lebowski, anything to add? I, I don't – it's one of those games that you don't know which particular thing to be most pissed off about, most disappointed in. Like – that to me is a classic Titans game yes, that we wanted to avoid go all all year. It's Ugh. oh god, it's just like with Titans, it's like all of a sudden they put up these shitty losses that remind you of every previous head coach we've had and all the garbage we had to deal with for so long. 
all this the crap i was sitting here talking about a week ago about how it looks like we've turned the corner we don't have to deal with the end of the fisher slash munchak slash all that crap i just said got thrown right back in my face like i don't know what to pick that i was most frustrated with you know the fact that we lost to a robisky team the fact that our defense got shredded by the run game especially at the end of the game the fact that merits turned into a revolving door on every pass play the fact that our wide receivers again dropped every single thing that seemed to be thrown their way it, it's just frustrating it's it i turned to to keith at one point and i was like it was early in the game i said this is gonna be one of those games where i'm gonna regret watching it win or lose this is gonna be three and a half hours complete waste of time it's exactly what it turned into yeah i mean when that first hat that fumble happened i think i turned to you uh the taewon taylor fumble on that pass play i think i turned to you and i said we cannot do this this is exactly how the vikings lost that game and that's exactly what we did yeah we it's like we looked at the vikings game and said well we're just gonna follow that blueprint it went well for them and it's like the bills defense looked like it was the the iron or the steel curtain i mean that they swallowed us whole almost on every play and they were getting some kind of pressure some and even when they weren't getting pressure they had scared marcus so much and put him on edge he was making boneheaded moves and decisions all game yeah and we'll get to this in a second. We'll talk about the game plan, but we were entirely too predictable. But right. um, let's talk about the Lawan injury and and Merritt's performance. Uh, Mike, do you have any info on the Lawan injury past? It's a foot injury that we don't know specifics of yet. So the the only thing that we've heard so far, I know Lawan said that it's a foot injury, and apparently it's something that he was dealing with last year as well. Um, he apparently wanted to go back in the game, and Vrabel uh, shut it down and wouldn't let him go back out there. Uh, he was having trouble pushing off of that that right foot. Um, he's having an MRI, or he had an MRI today. I I don't think I, anybody's posted or, or reported the results yet. I'm guessing we'll hear about that. Uh, probably wednesday uh when they get back for for practice unless they practice tomorrow they might um but anyways yeah i I don't know what the injury is i will say that um you know they have not made a move at tackle yet they did make a roster move today and it didn't involve a tackle so i would imagine if we see a tackle added to the roster uh tomorrow that's probably a bad sign for lawan at least for this week but um yeah, because they, they would have to add a, ta- a, a tackle if Lawan can't go because right. they're just already impossibly thin. And because we're down Kelly and Pamphile. Um but yeah, uh, t- do you want to talk about the? I mean, you probably don't want to talk about it, but do you want to talk about the Merritt's performance on Sunday and what you yeah, saw from him? He's not good. Um, <laughs> he's a fifth yeah. or fourth string tackle, right? Yeah, well, and and he's really, I mean, last year he was, they had moved him into guard because that's probably really where he needs to play. He's not athletic enough to be a tackle. I mean, the guy's like, he's, he's big and he's strong, but he is not a mover. And uh, the Bills were able to take advantage of that. I mean, Jerry Hughes was just abusing him on that left side. Um, And, you know, as a consequence, the Titans were having to do a lot of chipping and helping and stuff like that to even just slow him down a little bit and right. even that wasn't completely containing him so you know it completely affects the rest of the game when you have to do stuff like that because all of a sudden you're helping 
you're you're having to help predictably, and you're also taking guys out of the route. Um, so you're, you've got fewer targets downfield, less places for Mario to go with the ball. It's just a cascading ripple effect of uh, you know bad news when you've got a, a tackle that's just not performing. Right. Yeah. I mean every every single pass play that I saw, it was either him getting uh, speed. Sped, speed rushed by or it was him getting uh swam over and like you said like we were trying to help him out we were sending running backs we we're sending tight ends but we still didn't have time to throw even past a short route in the passing game but uh zebo what do you want to say well i just want to say this i mean i thought he looked better in the run game than taylor Lewan did and maybe that watching highlights or the all 22 will change my mind, but it seemed like Derek Henry and Dion Lewis had a little bit more to go on. And that was one of the things that we saw in the Miami game is that Taylor one wasn't that great in the run game. What did you think about that big Mike? Just real quick. Am I, mean, I, am I a fucking I, I, idiot or, or am I right? I don't, I would have to go back and watch it. I mean, I, I, I mean, Lawan played what, maybe a quarter. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure I saw a ton just to know that he was not playing well as, as a run blocker. But um, I didn't notice him getting beat to, to cause issues necessarily. And Merritt was okay in the run game too. I, I think what you miss with Lawan is the ability to pull and get up to the next level and, and block in space, um, which is important in this offense. But, you know, Merritt is going to hold up fine as far as a power uh, blocker. But it kind of limits what you can do in some of the zone stuff. Right. Um, so let's talk about the offensive game plan. Uh, Big Mike, just whatever you want to talk about, talk about it. I know this was a sticking point for a lot of people. Yeah, so the frustrating the frustrating things to me, I, I felt like first, you know, obviously the turnovers aren't, aren't really on the game plan. Right. You know, that, that's, that's a player issue. None of those were – game plan related uh turnovers so first you, you've got to say if the players don't turn the ball over you know maybe this is is looked at completely differently but i will say that i felt like derrick henry was the more effective back all game and they kept going back to Dion lewis for whatever reason even after the fumble i really thought they should have fed henry a little bit more um especially in the second half um so that that i had a bit of a problem with and I'll have to watch when, when I can get a chance to look at the tape, but uh, I felt like they wanted to take a few shot plays down the field because there was a few play-action drops where it looked like Mariota was looking downfield and then he pulled it down and either ran or checked down or whatever. So I, I would imagine there were some shot plays dialed up, but I don't know if they just weren't open or Mariota wasn't confident in what he was seeing or, or what, but... The Mariota we saw against the Jaguars and Eagles that looked very confident and just self-assured with with how he was, you know, viewing the defense, what he he was seeing, what they were doing and anticipating it and attacking it, that was not the same guy against the Bills. And I don't know if the Bills just surprised him with some of the looks they ran or, or what, but whatever whatever it was, the Titans just did not look prepared for anything that the, the Bills defense threw at him. Well, See you, I, I'm kind of tired of the of them feeding us the bullshit of the hot hand approach that they're going to go with the hot hand at running back and it you could see both ends every time that Derek Henry was getting to rhythm 
they put Dion Lewis in. And then when Dion Lewis got into rhythm, they put Derrick Henry in. That's not the hot hand approach. And I drink a lot of bottled water. Is there something in the the water in Nashville that prevents coaches from actually just using Derrick Henry as a 20-touch running back? I, I don't get it. He's the more effective running back at this point in the game. And I am was a big Deion Lewis believer. I thought that Deion Lewis was going to be great. But they're using them to the point where neither of them can be effective. And it's it's maddening as a Titans fan. As a look, as a someone who doesn't understand X, I probably understand X's and O's at this table the least. I feel like that it, from watching it, just from a, a casuals, well, I shouldn't say I'm a casual fan, but just from a fan standpoint, I feel like that we're still running an offense of trial and error. Like, I feel like that we're running plays out there to see what works and what doesn't. We're going with something else. And for whatever reason, we're flip flopping on our running backs. I agree with you. It's frustrating as hell to watch. As a side note, and I'm about to be that Titans fan, and I really hate to do this, Derrick Henry has got to blow somebody up. Yeah. But he he did look good this game. No, he looked good. He he looked like the Derrick Henry because they're – the problem with the Derrick Henry blowing up thing is that the, he there's a lot of plays where he's blowing up people in between the offensive linemen that you don't see unless you're really paying attention to the game. And there was a couple times he did blow up people. In fact, Henry forced five missed tackles this week, and he got 3.82 yards after contact, and his elusiveness rating, according to PFF, was 1736 which was the second highest rating. He is hurting people or making people miss. It's just that it it's getting lost in the fact that the big run hasn't happened yet. And the and at, when you get the big run or the big 20-yard run or the 30-yard run necessarily doesn't make it to a score, it makes your whole game just look no, a little fair bit enough. nicer. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and that's- but, but there are games, trust me, games before this, he should have done that. And this is me. This is me venting frustration with a run game that really revolves around the first point of what we just brought up, which yeah. is why are we not sticking with one or the other back? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think what we're seeing now is that we've written Dion Lewis a big check, and we're trying to insert him forcefully into the offense um, instead of just getting giving Derrick Henry the ball. I agree. If Derrick Henry Henry gets like a full-on RB1 workload, get get him 20 touches a game, he will be like a solid RB1. But, you know, sure. right now we're... Well, I think part of it is we're trying to keep everybody happy. Yeah. And splitting up carries is, you know, the way you do that. But at the expense of rhythm, at the expense of, of you know, setting your team in the best possible, like, position to win right that's not the way you do that but um let's move on to a different position let's move on to a position that we're struggling with that i'm wondering if we should go to free agency about um let's talk about the tight ends mike miracles could you please lead us off on this yeah so the tight ends are a complete (laughs) non-factor for the titans right now in fact you could say they're probably hurting them more than they're helping them when they're on the field at the moment because Stalker is okay as a blocker. He does not do anything for you in the passing game. And a Titans tight end has not caught a pass in over two weeks now. So they haven't caught a pass since 
I think Stalker caught one in Jacksonville. Yeah, and yikes! That wheel route stats. Um, Stalker just barely has more uh, catches and receiving yards than Delaney Walker and Johnny Smith. Still, after five weeks of playing almost every snap, um, he has uh, two catches. So it's just a complete non-factor, and Smith's blocking makes him really more of a, a hindrance than a help right now. And you know, I hate that because everything about coming into the season, I felt like Smith was going to take the next step forward and you know all the reports from this offseason from the coaches were you know Johnny's really worked hard this offseason and they're just you know so impressed with his work ethic and all that but we have really not seen the results and I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what but he is playing very poorly and he actually had his snaps go down for the first time uh, since Walker came out this week and I wonder if that's not going to continue because you know there's not a free agent out there that I think solves any of our issues. It's like, you know, Kobe Fleener, who the last time we saw him had like his fifth concussion and, you know, was basically forced off the saints because he couldn't pass concussion protocol. So I don't know that he's an option. And then Martellus Bennett actually tweeted out the other day that he wouldn't come back because he couldn't pass a drug test right now. So (laughs) um, He's having a good time. Yeah. At least he's honest. those Those are your options. Um, so I, I don't think there's a, a fix out there. I, I think they have just got to find some way to break through to Johnny Smith and get him playing at least. Uh, he's never going to be Delaney Walker uh, this year, at least in maybe, maybe not ever, but he at least has to give you something. They've just got to get something out of him. Right. I'm glad I didn't pick him as my breakout Titan of the year. That would have been embarrassing if I had done that. But uh, let's go to Zebo for his take on this. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that maybe Anthony Fasano uh, is available and is actually in football condition. I mean, that's the only viable tight end option I see. Other than that, I mean, we just kind of have to roll with it. Yeah. But even Fasano is just a blocker at this point. I mean, he's not going to do anything for you on the passing game. Yeah. He's basically uh, a he's Luke Stalker 2.0. version of Luke Stalker. Right. Um, he's shifty. He's a wily veteran. <laughs> he's a wily <laughs> shifty veteran who uh, can probably catch a ball better than some of our receivers. Let's talk about the drops that we've been plagued by this year. Eight drops. Eight drops. Eight of them. Let's talk about it. Big Mike, please lead us off. Um. So I- I've been wrestling with the the drop issue ever since you know nick williams let that thing slide through his hands so i look at it like this if it was one player who was just not able to catch the ball anymore that's easy you take him out you put another guy in there and and you know theoretically that's fixed right but it's not one player it's been everybody every single receiver on the roster has like one or two drops and the problem is most of them have come on critical downs third down huge situations where guys like running into the end zone or wide open deep it's been the the timing of the drops and just the way that they're spread out so like i don't know how you fix that do you it's not like you and it's not even like they're contested it's not like you know we need to work on contested catch drills now and and that'll help us you you catch the ball wide open all the time in practice that that is 
you know, half of practice running individual drills and running one-on-ones, you're catching the ball when it's open, when you're open, you know, a lot of these guys are staying after work on the jugs machine already. I don't know that it's, it's a coaching thing. It's just, these guys have to focus and make the freaking catch. And I, I don't think, you know, I know I'm sure we'll get into it, but the Des Bryant thing is out there again and everybody, Oh, if we got Des, that would fix it all. Des led the NFL in drops last year. That's that. Des is going to be just the same part of that problem that everyone else is right now. I mean, maybe he gives you other things that Nick Williams doesn't. Sure. But what kind of role does he have? What, you know, what does he do to the locker room? There's, there's a ton of factors that go into him, but if you just want people to stop dropping the ball, Des Bryant is not the solution to that. Yeah. He's also not a slot receiver, but uh, let's move on to Mr. Lebowski. Yeah, and so I'm glad you brought that. I want to start with the Des Bryant thing because I get so tired of hearing this. A, and I brought this up with Mike on Twitter today when he was you know discussing with fans. The big thing that people forget is that Des Bryant has the propensity to be a locker room cancer. You combine that with the fact that he would come in and be a wide receiver four who doesn't play slot and has the drops. What are we doing? Why, why we're picking him up for name recognition because. This is what fans do when we have a problem on a team. They want to go out and grab a big name. There is a reason why Des Bryant is not on a team, and he interviewed with a lot of teams that needed a wide receiver. So I'm just going to put that to bed right now. As far as the drops, the frustrating thing about it, and this is kind of what stuck in the back of my head off this off the Eagles win, was as awesome as that Eagles win was, four of our big drops came during that game. And we finally got one good, fantastic catch that won the game, right? So to really what was in the back of my head is that these drops were eventually going to catch up to us when we didn't have an opportunity to overcome them. And that's exactly what happened with the Bills. As soon as that ball dropped through Nick Williams' hands, I knew it was over. That was our best and only chance to really score a solidified touchdown for that game. And he let it slip through his hands. And, and unfortunately, we didn't have another opportunity to come up with some kind of miracle catch to win the game. That was it. We had to have that one. And so the drops have caught up with us. Uh, I'm like you, Mike. I don't I don't think it's a coaching thing. I don't think it's a quarterback thing. I think it's just the wide receivers have got to find a way to catch the damn ball. Uh, DJ, AJ? Yeah. My question is, uh, maybe, Mike, you can answer this. I, like, I, I get that drops have been a little bit of a problem you know, around the roster, but why, why are our like fourth and fifth receivers in the position to make these critical drops um, on big plays in the end zone that, that could win us the game? Yeah. I mean, like, especially with, with all the hype and all the, the talk with Corey Davis and Taylor and sharp coming through this week and how solid we're feeling about this receiver core. Like why, why, why are we talking about Nick Williams right now? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. And, and I don't know, you know, I, I know they want to rotate, you know, some of those guys besides Davis just to, to probably, it's a matter of keeping guys fresh and, and, you know, running at full speed and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I mean, if you can't rely on a, a guy like Nick Williams to make a catch, you know, when he's wide open, what's he, what's he doing on yeah. the roster? Yeah. So, I think there's a reason why uh, he, why like he and Jennings are where they're at on the depth chart. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like in and in those situations, like why are not why why aren't we thrown to like Corey Davis? Yeah, or, or Burnett or, or Sharp, any of these guys or who Taylor. Didn't make the team. I I yeah. think either one of the our top three guys run that same route in the same situation. They catch the ball. No, and I I would, I would guess so. Yeah, I agree. I'll just I'll say this and I'll leave it alone. I I really don't like to be the fan who immediately comes in and attacks somebody for something like that. But honestly, I yeah, agree with exactly what you just said. Yeah. If you can't catch the ball in that situation, in a that's the definition of a perfect pass for that. Slips right through your hands. Honestly, man, keep running right into the tunnel, hit the showers, get dressed, and just get on the plane and go home. I mean, there's really no reason for you to be out there if you can't catch that good of a pass. Yeah. And to be fair, he was very... Uh, uh, I don't know, self-critical about it. He said, well, he fucking should be right. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. self-critical when I get pulled over for doing one nineteen <laughs> in a school zone. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I fucked up. Yeah. You should not be doing one nineteen in a school. Zone, I had been drinking. Give it. What, what was the question again? <laughs> yeah. Well, the icing on the cake for me was that before that Williams caused Mariota's interception yeah. by not breaking yeah. off yeah. on his route the way that he should have. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Maybe if it had just been the drop, that is, it's not forgivable, but it's close. But that plus the miscommunication on the slant route that caused yeah. that interception just seems so bad. Just like, how do you have that bad of a game? It's how rough. indeed? How indeed? Um, but like we were saying, there's not really any options out in free agency. Um, basically, this all that's left is head cases and injury magnets. You've got. You know, people who are both a head case and an injury magnet and Corey Coleman. You've got head cases and Des Bryant, or you've got like and drops and Des Bryant. The like island of misfit said. toys from the Titans past that are Kenny Britt and Kendall Wright. Uh, like, Kendall Wright went to the Cardinals today. <laughs> yeah, so you Did don't really? have that. Yeah, but wow. let me say this: Bryce Butler is still out there, and if you're looking for a competent fourth wide receiver option, which is what we're looking for, we're yeah. not looking for number one, number two, number three. We're looking for a fourth. He's he's available, and Benny Fowler the third, who was actually pretty good for the Broncos last year, another viable fourth option, and I would take both those guys over Nick Williams. I've heard a lot of people talk about bringing Deontay Burnett back. I am not sure about Deontay Burnett because he never actually made a team. The other two people I mentioned actually have made a team. What do you think about bringing Deontay Burnett back over Nick Williams, Big Mike? I mean, I don't know that Burnett's any better than Nick Williams besides the fact that he can catch the ball. I mean, he's, he's got <laughs> well, I mean that's really pretty big. Hand, so that that's a plus. I mean, that, that seems like an important thing right now for, for a Titan uh, receiver. But at the same time, I, I don't know that he's he's not very fast. I mean, he's he's fast enough, but he's not fast he's not big he's not strong so he's he's kind of got just like he's very blah but he can catch passes um i've always hoped that someone would describe my uh my lifelong you know work and stuff as very blah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I just don't i don't know that he's a dynamic player you know sure There's a reason he didn't didn't make the team, but right, right, right. I, I will say uh, the Titans did add somebody to the practice squad last week. That's kind of interesting. A guy named uh, Chad Hansen, who played for Cal. Um, Can we call him Umba? You know, I don't know. If maybe they if they liked what he did in practice last week. You know, it, it 
they didn't make the move yesterday. I guess they probably would have if they were going to, but, um, you know, maybe you see him get the call up to the 53 man roster. If, if things don't get better from, uh, from Williams and Jennings down there. Gotcha. Is there anyone else in free to see that intrigues you? Uh, Mike miracles? No, because I mean, like you said, most of them are head cases or, or injury guys or, you know, guys that failed out elsewhere. And it's like, you know, one, you got to bring them in Two, you got to teach them the offense. You know, it's not like you can just plug him in and he starts against the Ravens and is effective. You, you've got to teach him an entire offense. That's pretty complicated. Um, and there's a lot of nuance to the way that they're teaching these guys to run routes and develop timing with Mariota and everything like that. I mean, you still see guys that we've been, that have been on the same team for, two years and have been in camp under the same system all year having miscommunication issues. So that's not going to get better if you bring in somebody off the street. So I think there's a lot that goes into that, especially at the wide receiver position. I just don't think it's an easy plug and play. Oh, well, we fixed it because we went and got, you know, does Brian and now, now we're awesome. You know, that that's not going to happen. Right. Um, let's move to the other side of the ball. Let's move to the defense. Uh, let's talk about the Titans defense and their performance against the bills. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is 82 passing yards allowed. Uh, Kevin Bayard had some exasperated comments, uh, for a couple of reporters when they asked him if we should have blitz more, it's like they only allowed 82 passing yards. What more do you want? Was basically his message for that. Um, uh, I think that blitzing is why the run game was allowing, I mean, I know it's 3.3 yards a carry or 3.8, whatever it was. Right. But, I mean, it's on how many attempts. I mean, I mean it just seemed like... If you get 3.8 yards a carry, that's a first down every yeah, single time. Yeah. I mean, it. Uh, to me, it seemed like the run game was atrocious, and it was the best run game the Bills have had all year and the worst passing game that the Bills have had all year. So, it. I don't know. Our, it just seems like neither of our defenses can come together as one cohesive units. Either the past defense has given up big plays and we're stopping people on the run or it's vice versa. Our red zone defense is good though. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that's a positive point. Big Mike, uh, anything to add? Yeah, I thought the past defense was, was great. I mean, they, you know, you limit somebody to 82 yards passing and you should win the game at like every time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've seen some people complaining about a lack of pass rush and I just don't, I don't see how anybody was going to get to Josh Allen when he did nothing. He, I mean, he threw 19 passes and I guarantee you at least 12 or 13 of them were screens or smoke routes or bootlegs. They virtually never just dropped him back in the pocket and let him throw the ball downfield. That, that was not a part of their game plan at all. So, I don't know what you expected the pass rushers to do. You're just not going to get pressure on certain throws and you're going to have to rely on your back end to, to make plays. And they did. Um, it's just the run defense, I don't think was atrocious, but they were, they did allow the bills to basically stay in a rhythm. So the bills did a good job of not making mistakes. They didn't get holding penalties that would have shut down drives almost immediately. They didn't, you know, take a big loss on first or second down in the run game. They were able to get, you know, two or three yards pretty consistently, and then every now and then they break one off for eight. And they they just kind of steadily marched using the running game. 
And, you know, that's frustrating to watch. I mean, most teams aren't going to be that patient um, with their run game, but the Bills almost had no choice to. So, (laughs) yeah, um, I don't know. It's a frustrating game, and I feel bad for the defense because I thought they played easily well enough to win. And, of course, you know, 10 of the Bills' points came off turnovers. So, I don't see how the the defense deserves any shoulder for the for blame on this game. It's, right, it's all on the. I, I think you're right. I think that the offense hung the defense out to dry. They were on the field way more than they should have ever been. Um, I mean, they, they granted they did struggle to stop them on third down. I will well, say it's that. not only that, but I mean, let's let's look at when the Bills got the ball back with like four minutes something left. To we never saw it again. Yeah. Uh, so let's put a little bit of the blame on the defense. I mean, that that run stopping when you you know that Josh, they're not going to put the ball in Josh Allen's hand. I mean, come on. I mean, let's not let the defense get off scot-free. I mean, Rashawn Evans is trying to just blow people up. Hall of Famer, potential Hall of Famer, LaShawn McCoy, just blowing them up, and he's missing tackles. He kind of gave up on a play. There is there's a lot that this defense needs to shoulder. I understand that it was if I'm going offense defense blame, I'm going 70-30, but let's not say that it's, you know, 90-10. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I think it's 90-10. I I, I, just, I think I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. 13 points, 10 of which came off turnovers. But it's to the Bills, you're supposed to allow 13 points to the Bills. I well, mean I mean, <laughs> I mean, you then get They did their job. Well, the offense needs to do their job. Well, here's the thing is that Four you have 12 points. You you don't stop the run. And the only reason that we didn't get the ball back is because they couldn't stop the run with four minutes plus second uh, plus in the game, and we're going to let them get off with a scotch-free pass. I mean, and then the Josh Allen touchdown run, that's on the defense. I mean, that's defensive bad plays, and I don't the, think we need to let the defense I, I mean, get them. The defense can't be that they play a perfect game, though. I mean, they, they, they can't just... I agree. I, I, I can't say that you have to sit here and pitch a shutout against the damn Bills to quantify that the defense played well. And look what happened right before we gave up the ball for four minutes. Nick Williams drops the fucking ball. Yeah. A touchdown there changes that entire dynamic. Now all they've got to do is drive the ball, what, 65, 70 yards and set up for a field goal. I... I I but can't to say 90-10 is kind of ridiculous. Well, that that's going way think, over the line. I don't know. I kind of would agree with that. I mean, what did the offense produce on Sunday that it, we could hang our hat on? Nothing. But I'm not saying 90-10. I'm I'm not saying that the offense is not to blame. I'm just saying that saying 90-10 is a little ridiculous because I mean, there's a lot that the defense could have done to change the game. I sure. mean, how how many sacks did they get? I mean, the Bills didn't pass though. The yeah. Bills didn't pass, the Bills didn't but pass. we didn't yeah. stop the run. They didn't have to pass, right? Exactly. Yeah, but but when you they give the ball up, let us get a sack, right? When when you give the ball up in your own territory twice, you're asking a lot of that defense. Yeah, I know. I I don't think I put the blame on either side of the ball. Really, I think this was exactly one of the things that Mike said that we were afraid of is the the chance random things that can happen, and that was. This game was a product of that, you know. It was drop passes, it was fluke turnovers due to a, a fourth or fifth string wide receiver not running the right route. Um, you know, just rant all the random things like that. I mean, but not the way I look at not stopping the run effectively. I mean, we don't know how much of that is leaving the defense on the field for too long. Not catching a pass that should have been a touchdown is just stupid ball play. 
turning the ball over is just stupid ball play. Yeah. You know, maybe look, this is why it sucks putting numbers on things. Maybe 90 10 is a little high, but I would solely put this on the offense. I think the defense did their job. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to ask them to come out and play the amount of minutes they played on defense against that team when you can't put together a drive for more than a couple of first downs. Like you're asking a lot. Let me put it this way. Don't come to me with that for the boys shit. If you're going to leave the other half of your boys out on the field to get burned the whole game, why you can't catch a pass. I put a lot of the blame on well, that. I put a lot of the defensive problems on Rashawn Evans. Yeah. And I think Rashawn Evans gave up on the touchdown run. And I think Rashawn Evans had some crucial tackles that he missed because he's trying to be mauler animal stronger than everybody. Rashawn Evans. And, you know, I'll say this. I I do think that the offense shares majority of the blame, but I'm not I'm not here gonna say that the ninety ten is the correct thing. And I think that Rashawn Evans is is not necessarily a problem, but he was a problem this game. And I think it came out when Mike Vrabel talked about him in the press conference saying that he had to have sit down talks and they're gonna have to coach him and all this stuff. There are there were defensive problems in the game they were greatly outshadowed by the offensive problems in the game, but that doesn't mean that it's a 90-10 split. Sure. Mike, uh, any thoughts on Rashawn Evans? Yeah, he's not helping right now. He's He looks lost half the time. He's slow to react to plays. He just He's not there yet, and it's clear. Um, and Woodyard needs to get well soon, and they just need right. to play brown and woodyard together because you know brown has his own limitations he gets blown off the ball way too easily because um, he's just not going to hold up really well at the point of attack but he is at least going to make some plays to counteract that evans isn't making any plays and he is also you know making mistakes so he's a net negative right now more than you know anything so yeah, Woodyard needs to get well soon, and they just need to stick Woodyard and Brown on the field until Evans figures it out. Yeah, Brown made some great plays, especially early on in that game. Yeah, you don't think we see more Compton? <laughs> uh, we could. I mean, he, he's okay. He's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to say before we move on to uh, a couple other things. Um, during the game, we had we had one of my least favorite commentating teams. Calling oh my god! Again, yeah. 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 Uh, the well, second fucking time. The well, who was it? Guys? Uh, we were at the uh, Jaguars game. I don't Spiro Didi's, and I don't know the Spiro Didi's and Adam Archuleta, Adam right? Archuleta. Yeah. yeah, Adam Archuleta at one point said that Josh Allen found a way to win Sunday, <laughs> and it drove me insane because of what we've already talked about. Because he did nothing. Josh yeah. Allen showed up and gave the ball to LaShawn McCoy, right. who had an amazing game. No, right. that, he made people miss. He was yeah. a great player. But the fact that Archuleta was like giving credit to Josh Allen drove me bonkers. That whole last drive, you and I were sitting there watching that game. Keith and I are watching the game, and Keith is losing it. I, I don't want to listen <laughs> to it either because they started that mealy mouth crap that a lot of low-rent announcers do, and they don't have anything else to talk about, which is, this is just Josh Allen marching them down the field to a win, and he's handing the ball off. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to... He threw one you, pass for negative yardage yeah. the receiver took for a first down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. 
you can't throw for what was it 83 yards and start talking about accolades of this man leading a team just get the hell out of here yeah Yeah. um god they suck let's talk about a couple of positives before we move on to our preview for next week uh ryan Suckup played great yep (laughs) brett kern played great brett kern played great kicking and punting that's uh titans titans football right we've got it on lock you don't have to worry about it. This isn't Mason Crosby situation. This hey, is great. And how about Bo Brinkley? Let's give Brinkley Bo. Yeah. Bo gets no love. Long snappers get no love, but we're giving them love he, right he's here. He's a part of this. Bo Brinks, you're all right in our book. Also, I wanted to talk about um, Zebo. Can I ask you how tight did your butthole get when Marcus Mariota hurdled that guy and was hanging in the air for about half a second? I laughed. You laughed? I, I, I was, was scared my, shitless. My butthole was not tight. I, I, I laughed out loud when I yeah. saw it. I mean, I really did. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I really thought that after that, we were going to win the game. Yeah. I was immediately consumed with fear. No. Mike Miracles, no. your your reaction to I that? turned into a woo girl. I was like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got on a pedal tap. Yeah. Yes. Deej yeah. turned into yep. a bachelorette. Yep. <laughs> Mike, what was your reaction to that? I was terrified too. As soon as he went up, I was like, "Oh God, he's gonna die." <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one in, yeah, in my fear. He came down safely. Yeah. Um. Do you, okay. So let's talk real quick before we get to the the Ravens. Do you think? What was your opinion of uh, Mariota's game against the Bills? I mean, I thought that he played timid, but I thought when we needed to score. I always have faith that he's going to score score for us, and you know Nick Williams just really let us down, and it really changed that play. If we would have scored, doesn't necessarily mean that we would have won, sure, but it does change the whole feeling of the game. And uh, I, I thought Marcus, when we needed him to be the man or tough and gritty like everybody wants him to be, he he showed up. It's just that the supporting cast didn't. Gotcha. But at the beginning of the game, he played like shit, in my sure. opinion. Yeah. Uh, Mike Miracles, your thoughts? I thought he played okay. He uh, he certainly could have. I, I felt like part of the p- problem I had with Lafleur's game plan was him not using Mariota's legs more. Because up until this point, I mean, Mariota. I know you don't want to run him to death and and put him, you know, in a spot where he's just going to get hit all the time. But right. the read option stuff, I felt like should have been leaned on more heavily. And and Mariota is good to pull a read option for for fifteen yards. It seems like at least once every game. And I I feel like it's just leaving leaving a weapon on the table in a game where you needed to have all weapons on board. It was just not a good good game plan from the floor but I, I thought Mario's play overall was mostly pretty good I mean he the ball placement was fine he he did look a little skittish and, and unsure in the pocket I don't know if he if that was related to knowing that Merritt was kind of covering his his blind side there um, that certainly could have had to do with it but um, he wasn't terrible he, he was okay yeah I'm glad you brought up the the read option stuff and and the lack of use of his running game because that was the one thing that stuck out to me a lot was there was a lot of that in the past two games and we saw I don't think we saw any of it except for pass plays that turned into run plays on his own decision 
we didn't see that hardly at all today or on Sunday. And I think that was a big mistake. Um, all right. So is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about before we move on to the Ravens? I'm getting, (sighs) no, I'm sad enough. Let's, let's just move on. All right. So (laughs) in the future, when things are happier and the sun is out, um, week six, we will be playing the Ravens. The Ravens are a 2.5 favorite versus the Titans. Zebo, your really? thoughts? Uh, I think my thoughts are that I want to know what I'm going to wear to the game. Yeah? Yeah. What are you, what are you thinking? I can't believe my own eyes. As I open drawers, I get real down, it shakes my core, nipples become so numb, and they're swole, my shirts have all become so old, until you find it there online for the bill. For the bill. Buy the shirts online. Buy their shirts online. Buy the shirts and save me from Hankton. Soft as a baby's <laughs> bum. The threads won't come undone. Save me from Project 615. <laughs> so let these shirts bring you to life and head on over to ForTheBill615.com and get free shipping on all orders over $100. And with every purchase made, a donation is made to the Nashville Predators Foundation. You can follow them on social media, at Instagram, at Twitter, at, at ForTheBill615. ForTheBill615.com. From Truly amazing, inspiring work as always. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, outstanding. Maybe your best one yet. Man, that was a dark time in music and popular <laughs> music. Um, so let's move on to our week six game against Evanescence. I mean, uh, the Ravens. Uh, like I said, the Ravens are a 2.5 favorite versus the Titans. Zebo, do you want to talk about it? Uh,. I mean, losing to the Bills is now more embarrassing than losing to the Browns. That's the state of the NFL. And I think it's kind of ridiculous that the Ravens are coming in favored uh, on a home game. But I I could see why the Ravens have a more complete offense. But And I think it's going give to give us trouble. And I... However... It's just one of those things where I'm not as worried as I was last week. I, I was worried about the Bills game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I felt that was going to be a trap game it, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But um, I I think that with the, with the Ravens, it's going to be interesting to see what our defensive backs do with these three better receivers. Yeah. Um, Big Mike, your thoughts? On the Ravens being favorited? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that it was a two-and-a-half point line in favor of Baltimore because that, you know, 
once you you give the Titans, you know, typically three points for for home field, that's like saying the Ravens are five and a half points better than the Titans, which I'm pretty surprised that people feel that way. I mean, after all, I know the the Titans just laid an egg against the Bills, but the Ravens just kind of laid an egg against the the Browns too. So, and maybe people just think the Browns are a lot better than the Bills, but it's I'm kind of surprised that that's that's the case. I mean. The Titans have won 12 of their last 14 at home, I think. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely been a different experience playing the Titans at home than playing them on the road uh, over the last two years. So, I don't know. It's kind of a surprising line, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, I guess part of the reason for the line is their tough defense. Obviously, Dean Pease was the defensive coordinator there for a while. Now he's our defensive coordinator. But that defense is ranked top three and I think yards allowed and points allowed, or top five at least. Um, what are your worries about that defense, Mike Miracles? I mean, they're they're talented at every level. I mean, you've got Brandon Williams and uh, um, Pierce, Michael Pierce up front, and then you've got, you know, the, the edge rushers. They're... You know they're talented enough at edge rusher that they were able to trade away Correa because they were going to cut him. Because um, they, I mean, they roll like four or five deep at edge and can just rotate. And of course, Suggs is the star there. But then you've got Mosley, you know, man in the middle, and then uh, Weddle and those defensive backs are incredibly talented. Jimmy Smith is outstanding. Marlon Humphrey looks like a good young corner. Tony Jefferson's a good player. It's it is one of the most complete defenses in the NFL. They're, they're going to be a really tough challenge. They're more talented than the Bills defense that uh, the Titans just got done um, being demolished by. So it, it's a tough task, but um, you know, it, it like like we uh, talked about, it's an in, any given Sunday thing. And just because something bad happened last week doesn't mean it's going to happen this week. So. Well, it's a totally any given Sunday kind of thing because you got to look at the Vikings with a much better team. And I, I say much better than the Titans. They lost to the Bills. And now we lost to the Bills. The Ravens lost to the Browns. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a rebound game. I think we're going to win. My biggest concern is will our run D be able to step up against Alex Collins, who is very shifty, and Javoris Allen, who can catch out of the backfield? That's where my concerns come in and i i want to see a run game you know what is our game plan because it's gonna be hard to pass on this offense i think we need to kind of stick with the run you know and and do something with derrick henry and deon lewis let's put a statement let's not make it so obvious that when derrick henry's back there that we're we're gonna run and i think but Going back to my biggest concern, it's definitely Alex Smith and Javorius Allen. I think that seeing McCoy and Ivory be able to break a lot of arm tackles, I think they we had 13 missed tackles, and that's unacceptable, and we cannot do this against this kind of a run offense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that... I don't think that Alex Collins is anything special i mean i think he's, he's more shifty. i think he's more ivory than mccoy for sure i don't think he's gonna make a lot of people miss but he's going to run hard and he's gonna run up in the hole that you want him to but 
I'm more worried about the passing offense. I'm more worried about uh, Snead and Brown and Crabtree. I, Brown's going to be a real problem this yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, the things that we've got burned on in the passing game are the Will Fuller types, the long speed guys who have burned us deep. Uh, Mike, what are you worried about from this Ravens offense? I mean, until they prove me otherwise, uh, you know, I think you've got to be worried about the, the run defense first and foremost because so far the Titans' run defense hasn't really stopped anybody. Um you know, they even in the Jags game, which was, you know, the most complete defensive performance of the year, um, they allowed, I think, like six yards per carry. It's just the Jags didn't run the ball. They just kept throwing it. Um, so, you know, for once, I think that I think it's much better to be good at defending the pass than it is to be good at defending the run. But I don't I mean, you've got to be able to at some point to get defenses into or to get offenses into third and long situations and then your pass rushers can really be effective in, in hurt opposing offenses. Cause they're not going to be able to generate a huge pass rush on like first and 10 play action plays and things like that. I mean, they, they've got to get them out of, out of rhythm into third and long. And then, then you can really tighten the clamps, but um, the Titans run defense has to step up and, and start helping get them into third and longs more often. Uh, I, I, I tell you something that I'm also worried about is the crowd. Yeah. We just embarrassed ourselves in Buffalo. I'm a little worried that, you know, I know it's an afternoon game, so that could help, but I'm kind of a little worried that we're, we're not going to be the crowd that we saw at the Houston game and the crowd that we saw at the Eagles game. Yeah. I, I mean, you catch a blow like losing to presumably the worst team in football, that's going to hurt, you know, fan morale and everything else. I could see that. I think the one thing they've got to do in this game, they have got to come out faster. They they have started slow virtually every game this year, it, and it's just – it puts them behind and chasing the game. And, you know, this is a team that – in theory, should be outstanding playing from ahead because then you can really lean on Derrick Henry and, and pounding that heavy running game, and then you can, you know, really get the the defense pinning their ears back and attacking quarterbacks, and that that's what this team is seemingly built to do. And the only way you can do that is if you jump out early, and they have just failed to get out to any any sort of quick start at any point this year, and. Um, you know, besides the Houston game, and, and obviously that that ended up being a win, and and that was with Blaine Gabbert. So um, they've got to get out to a quick start in this one, and and that'll help get the fans into it too. Because I mean, the second you're up, you know, fourteen to nothing or something early, the fans forget all about the Bills, and it's you know, wow, look at this team, they're playing great. So I think a quick start is going to be critical Sunday. Well, and the fact that we've only scored two offensive touchdowns. And then uh, I don't think we've scored a point in the second quarter. I mean, at least up until the Buffalo game, and I've wiped most of it up in, from my memory. But in the second <laughs> quarter, we've never scored a point this whole time, this whole season. That's that's a little utterly ridiculous. Yeah, Our yeah. offense is really got to come out and show up if it wants to keep this fan base. If if we win a thirteen to ten game. 
this is going to keep the interest of a fan base that was starting to catch on. Unfortunately, it's it's not. I mean, that that tells you a lot about the fan base, but it is what it is at this point. All right. Before we get to our predictions, there's anything else that we wanted to talk about? Doesn't look like it on our side. Mike, anything? Um, my boy Ferkshire's back. I'm excited about that. Yeah. So, um, expect him to go eight for uh, 160 and two touchdowns on Sunday. There's your uh, emergency tight end <laughs> waiver wire pickup of the week, I guess. No, no. He he probably realistically he probably isn't going to play. <laughs> uh, I. I I honestly think there's a chance, you know, I'm not going to say this is what's going to happen, but there's a chance that he could end up becoming an important part of this team, you know, if Johnny Smith doesn't start to step up because Ferkser's, if nothing else, he's a good receiver. Right. Um, so they could probably use his skill set if, uh, um, if Johnny can't get it together. But I'm hoping Johnny finally is able to, to step up at some point and, yeah. allow us to have a tight end again that would be nice uh so let's get to predictions let's start with zebo what's your prediction for the ravens game uh 24 17 titans and fuck alex smith <laughs> that's a bit of fantasy football hate i believe uh mr lebowski i still i still believe in this coaching staff i think this team will rebound i think uh I think we see the uh, the dropsy crap go away this week, and uh, I think we get it done. I, I um, I don't know, twenty one ten Titans. Okay, Eric, DJ, EJ. Yeah, you say twenty one ten. What'd you say is that? Twenty four seventeen. Twenty four seventeen. Yeah, not far off from there. We go like twenty eight, twenty four Titans. Interesting. I Ooh. want to see some more touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Mike Miracles. I want to see some more touchdowns. I don't know that I expect this to be the game that we see them. I'm going 17-13 Titans. Okay. Yeah, that's that's more along the lines of what I was thinking. I'm thinking an ugly, short, like small scoring game with like a field goal difference. So let's say 14-17 Titans oh, with man. our Titans colored glasses on <laughs> um one last thing before we close it out i just wanted to say fuck joe flacco fuck joe flacco uh fuck alex smith as well you mean alex fuck, collins fuck josh allen no alex smith oh the, okay alex yeah. smith as well well yeah is alex smith really to blame though I, yes. I blame Flacco, but <laughs> yes. that's just me. He should have ran it on one of those downs, and he threw a fucking interception, and it ruined it, and our kicking scoring is fucking atrocious. <laughs> Don't you air your dirty fantasy laundry on this podcast. Uh, thank you for listening, efforts. Make sure to visit our sponsors, uh, For the Ville at For the Ville 615. Can clothe you in all the finest garbs. Uh, rate and review us on whatever you're listening on. Follow us on Twitter at, at EffortsPod. You can get more of Mike's analysis on all things Titans at Music City Miracles. And uh, tune in next week for a review of our win against the Ravens. We are football and other F-words, and you've just been effed. So glad this week's over. <laughs> Fucking Alex. Yeah. Fuck Joe Flacco.
Hi, I'm Kara Swisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Kerryu, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.